Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult Series. Be sure to visit primed.com podcast after the discussion for more information about today's article and to claim CME-CE credit. So, Susan, mm-hmm. uh, Mackenzie is an 18-year-old female. Yes. Um, she's a freshman, and she comes into the Student Health Center. She thinks, you know, she's worried she's been sick. She has a bad cold and a cough. And you evaluate her. You diagnose her with an upper respiratory tract infection. In the course of getting her history, she tells you that she's sexually active, has a new partner, and in the past few, uh, a new partner in the past few weeks. She uses uh, a progesterone implant for contraception and admits that she uses condoms occasionally. Um, Before she came to college, she had her pre-college physical and had some STI testing that was all negative. So you've diagnosed her cold. What are our priorities today? How do you counsel Mackenzie to help reduce her risk of STIs? Hi, this is Frank Domino. I'm a family physician in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School. And joining me today is Dr. Susan Feeney, Assistant Professor and Director of the Family Nurse Practitioner Program at the University of Massachusetts Medical School's Graduate School of Nursing. Good morning, Susan. Good morning, Frank. Wow. So, Mackenzie, we we have lots of 18-year-olds. Occasionally, it seems how most people use condoms. Tell me, uh, the U.S. Preventive Services Task Force just took a new stand on how we should be counseling Mackenzie to help prevent the transmission of STIs. What did they say? Well, it was very interesting because I was, you know, the, the task force is very thoughtful and they, do, they don't make decisions lightly. And they came out and basically gave a B recommendation that intensive counseling is a very effective way to prevent transmission and acquisition of STIs. And especially in the high-risk groups of 15 to 24-year-olds, right, which McKinsey's right smack dab in the middle. And um, let's face it, we're not doing a very good job of preventing STIs. We we know that STIs are going in all categories. They are. And if you work on a college campus like I do, and I, I actually do practice in a student health center, it's the it's very prevalent and um, the counseling is inadequate. So what did the USPFTF said? They looked at a large meta-analysis of more than 30 different studies or or, or interventions, um, some for adolescents, some for young adults, and they were heterogeneous. They were all over the block, but they uh, what they found was the ones that were the most contact with the with the person. So two hours or more intensive counseling were very, very effective. Moderate intensity was somewhere between 30 minutes and 120 minutes of contact was effective, but not as effective as the high intensity. And anything under 30-minute intervention was less effective. So I'm looking at this going two hours. Two hours. Of, yes. That would, wouldn't that be nice to have two hours? So, but when you drill down into what the interventions were, they were, um, some of them were two hours or you know, two, two hour sessions, but many of them were um, like a 30 minute session, then an hour session, and over a 
four to six week period, but concentrated contact with, with the participants. And most of them, some of them were all uh, group, group contact, some were some group with some individual feedback, but the intensity was not just, it was interactive. So most of these programs that were the you know, moderate to high intensity had counseling. So it wasn't just sitting down going, here's the STIs, put on a condom, have a nice day. It was, let's talk about what you know, what are your deficits, let's tell you the real, real deal here on how you get an STI, what the impact is on your life and how you transmit it. And then also role playing, you know, how to talk to, um, what would you say to a partner who didn't want to use a condom? How do you put on a condom? It was, there was all kinds of intervention during this time. So it was interactive, um, listening, assessing, and then giving information. So very powerful. And being in a, in a student health center, you know, you have 15 minutes, someone comes in and they, and they say, oh, by the way, yeah, I, I'm engaging in risky behavior, which they don't see as risky. And, you know, it's totally inadequate. So um, on one hand, this felt like, oh, dear Lord, how this is wonderful, but how do we do this? Well, I'm glad to hear that it's, it can be done in an asynchronous yes, fashion, yes. that they can do a little bit now, a little bit later, maybe right. some of it's web, some of it's interpersonal. Right, right. Yep, that, that, that is encouraging. Um, did they make any recommendations about resources about what to do? Well, what they said, what they said is that 30 minutes or more is good. So that don't don't make yourself crazy with you have to do this two hour, but 30 minutes of some kind of contact. So they talked about videos, modules. Um, they have, in fact, if you go to the the task force website and which we have linked to, they have a d detailed description of the interventions. Um, and you can access those through the website, through the, through the uh, task force website. But there's also lots of great um, t things in a, at the CDC for education. And so using these on your patient portal, you know, giving some, some uh, videos on STIs and then following it up with your contact with the patient. It isn't so much that please watch this, check a box. It's then when you come back, let's talk about what you what you saw. And and what was really interesting was the concept of the role playing is bringing that into the office. Well, let's let's talk about that. So, um, how do you role play about uh, Mackenzie's boyfriend <laughs> not wanting to use a condom? What would you say? Well, first of all, what I usually say is so you talk about using them occasionally. What, when do you decide to use them and when do you decide not to use them? So try to figure out, is, the, is it her reluctance? Is this his reluctance? Where is it coming from? You know, I always have my antenna goes up when I have a young woman who says my boyfriend doesn't like to use condoms. That sometimes can be an indication of an asynchronous power struggle, that there could be an abusive relationship. But if it's really like, ah, you know, I, it's, it's a hassle, I'm not, then it's like, okay, let's talk about um, what you can get that will affect your life from this day on. Mm -hmm. That you, you know, you may have, may not want to go through the trouble of using a condom, but you could get a virus or a disease that will stay with you for your life and impact your fertility and impact your your length of life and health. So, um, I usually that's where I usually start is why, when do you use it? Why, why do you use it? Do you not have access to them? We have a drawer full, so I can send you home with them. And then. Um, talk if they say, well, it's a little awkward. Then do a little say, look, well, let me let me talk to you. Like let, let, if I say to you, I don't want to use a condom. 
you're the, you're the one in the, in the power. You're the one who can say, I need to protect myself. And I always say that, look, you know, I don't care if they come out and say they've been tested yesterday. You know, first of all, maybe they were, maybe they weren't, but they could have acquired a disease last night that would not have been showing up on a test. So only you can protect your health. And you, you know, this, this is serious, so let's figure out how to protect. You know, we are seeing more and more women using Larks, which is fabulous, and she's got an explanon in, and that's fabulous. But what we're finding is a drop off on condoms mm -hmm. because there's not the fear of pregnancy. So really trying to give them the information behind these diseases, um, that they're not benign, and that just because you can take azithromycin and cure chlamydia, you may have residual damage in, in your uh, in your reproductive organs. What, what if she does say, you know, my boyfriend says he doesn't like to use condoms, it doesn't feel right to him. How, how should she respond? So I would say to her, at this point, you know, I would say that, you know, it's a deal breaker. And I know that's tough to tell an 18-year-old who, who feels that she wants to be with this gentleman, but it's your... Gentleman's a stretch? Yes. Um, <laughs> I would say that. Is he a gentleman? Um, the, is protecting them, and I think giving them, and this is something that came out in the, in the, um, with the task force, is giving them real data and saying, this is the kind of disease you can get, Mm -hmm. That, you know, you may be with him forever, you may not be, but this disease will be, or the sequelae of this disease will well, be. And there. I really think if this person cares about right, you, exactly. then they'll go along with your right. requests. And if they, if they seem to dismiss your requests, then you really need to think to yourself, is this someone That's I want right. to have sex with? That's right. And I've often said that, is that if you've made a request for your health, and your partner doesn't respect that, then that's someone you shouldn't be with. I, I, and then you need to be empowered enough to say, no, I, I, we're going to use condoms. And, and I'll say that responsibility is yours. You know, that you, have the, you can say, use a condom. If you don't use a condom, then we can't have sex. Well, one of the things that you said really strikes with me is that I, I book my um, adolescent, I book all my uh, adolescent and well child visits for 30 minutes. And with adolescents in particular, I spend 27 of those 30 minutes doing sex and drugs right. and accident prevention. Right. And I, I haven't really role played before, but I'm certainly going to start incorporating that. And then if I feel like I've been incomplete, I come up with a reason to follow them up exactly. in six to eight weeks. Exactly. Oh, gee, your skin looks kind of bad. You want to try something for acne or, oh, your, you know, your ankle is a little bit loose. I'd like to re-examine it. Or right. I thought I heard a heart murmur. I, I come up with something because I, especially if, if the parents, when the parents, if they become present again in the visit, I need a good excuse for that. Right. Um, because I, I really feel like of all the things we do, right. preventing one more STI in an adolescent's life it has the ability to change the course of the next 70 to 80 years it, of their life. Absolutely. And it's probably more, far more important than listening to their heart or feeling their abdomen. It's, and it's true, and yet we spend, we just don't have, you know, if you're thinking like, okay, I've got to get this stuff out to them, I'll give them, I'll do a checkbox, you know, use condoms, you know, prevent disease, but it, that's not effective. It really has to be what is your behavior? Why are you making the choices you're making? How can I help you to make better choices? And understanding that it's the, it's the time and the contact. So it's not just the one visit. So like for in, in my case, 
um, and student health, it's a little bit, it's kind of nice. They can just come to the, you know, say, well, come back next week. Let's book a time to talk. And if you don't want to come here, let me send you to OBGYN to see if we can talk about that. But um, really ha making, having them come back to spend the time to really do the interaction. And it isn't just education. It's truly counseling. So it's listening. It's getting, you know, getting their information of why they do certain behaviors and how, to, how, and how that choice in that moment may have an impact for years. Susan, this is really important. Thank you so much for bringing this article to us today. Well, my pleasure. Susan Feeney, ladies and gentlemen. Practice pointer. Counseling for STI prevention through asking, listening, and responding works. Spend the time, it's well worth it. Join us next time when we talk about uh, some current practice-based interventions you can use to help manage patients' questions about the coronavirus. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, visit primemed.com slash podcast and see you next week.